Let's pray, shall we? Father, we want to commit this hour to you. Thank you as we come with our hearts to bless your name. You're so ready with your gifts to lavish on us. Your heart is so kind and so generous. And we pray, Father, for just your gifts of life, revelation, of strength, of awakening, of comfort, support, of help. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you come and help us to adore you and love you, Lord Jesus, more and more. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our uh, bits of carpet. Well, we titled this uh, seminar, I Don't Believe This Is The End, which is a line from one of Jake's songs. Without further ado, I'm going to hand over to the man himself. Please welcome Jake Isaac. Um, I don't believe this is the end. Worship in suffering. Um, I'm going to chuck some scriptures at you bits and pieces here halfway through we're focusing on one scripture but I want to encourage you um, I've tried to I've tried to simplify it so that you can just jot down bullet points as much as possible but I suppose um, the idea for me and my heart for you guys today is is to get to the point at the end where um, where God can God can help us deal with some stuff is that all right? Um, I think that's, that's it. I, I, I want to get to the point where we're, where we're, at, we're at the feet of Jesus and we're like, yeah, Lord, actually, this is me and you. Um, so that's, that's my heart. And I, and I really believe that God wants to really bless and speak into um, any situations that might have happened in the past, which have just been rubbish. Um, and just correct how you see life and help you see it through his lens and through his eyes. Cool. Should we jump in? My granddad. That's where we're going to start today. My granddad, I'm, a, I'm an Antiguan. Well, my family from Antigua and my mum's side are from St. Kitts, but I'm an Antiguan citizen. And, uh, my granddad, um, he's a Kittitian. That's what you call people from St. Kitts. There are other islands besides Jamaica in the West Indies. I just want to put that out there just in case people thought. Um, you know, you people, I'm from Caribbean. Oh, Jamaica. No, bruv. <laughs> my granddad's from St. Kitts. And um, he, he is a... Um, he is what you call a home man. So it's almost like he takes pride in the fact that he, he, he's a great gardener. He's a great cook. He knows how to cut his grandchildren's hair. He used to cut my hair when I was... Yeah, he's one of those guys. He was a tailor, so he used to mend our school trousers um, where we'd been lunging too much when we were playing football, you know what I mean? And he used to patch up the holes and all of that. And um, he, when he used to cut my hair, actually, he... Um, you know, like, when you're growing up, you don't realise that something's not quite right until you have another experience. So now I go to the barbers, it's like, you know, about, yeah, bruv, let me hook you up. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, bruv, that shape up and rear it. You know, I'm trying to, you know, trying to, trying to look strong for my wife and that, you know what I mean? Uh, but when my granddad used to cut my hair, uh, when I was like, I don't know, eight, you know, um, between, in September, as we did back to school, we, my mum would send me over to his to get a fresh haircut for the first day of school. Am I alone in that, or is that, is that a thing? No? Okay, cool, safe. Um, and I used to go to my granddad's, and I, loved, I, I thought it was great. It was a great experience at the time. But what he used to do when he was cutting my hair, you know how you see farmers hold a sheep, and they go, and they hold their head, that is literally what he would do to my head. And because my mum would go, oh, look at my handsome son, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally held my head like that. <laughs> and he would give me shape ups like that, and um, because he would do that, and in the morning beforehand, because I didn't really, he, he'd cut our hair and then make us pick up the, me and my cousins, he'd make us pick up the hair afterwards. But I didn't mind, because in the morning, uh, when we stayed over, he'd cook us porridge, and his porridge was the best porridge. He'd cook cornmeal porridge, 
Have any of you tasted cornmeal porridge? Oh, all right. Where are you from? Where's your family from? Dominica, Jamaica. All right, love. All right, all right. I hear that. It's, it's like, you know, oatmeal porridge? Oat, you know, oat porridge? Right. Oat porridge? Talk to me. All right, cool. So, cornmeal porridge is the upgrade, basically. Um, but he would cook this amazing cornmeal porridge with bits of cinnamon in it. Oh my gosh, you come down in the morning, just the whole house smells of it. And because that porridge was coming, you'd feel all right about getting a trim and him holding you down like a sheep. And he was phenomenal. He was the type of guy that, as long as he's around, you're cool. Yeah, you have mum and dad, but as long as granddad's around, when granddad gives advice, it makes mum and dad's advice bearable. Like, if you're upset with mum and dad, because granddad says, listen, son, come and sit down. Come and sit down. Let me talk to you about something. And so he said, let me talk to you about something. And he would give us the lowdown. And sorry, let me interpret. Let me talk about something. That's what you'd say. It was just, in, just in case. Um, joking. Um, but his words were always words of reassurance. His presence was always reassuring the way he would treat all of his grandkids. He did this one thing where, because he had like, maybe like five of us boys as, in, as grandkids. And there's Alex, Daniel, me, and don't worry about the others. Um, but he would, he, would, he would look at me and go, Alex, Daniel, uh, Jack, come over here, boy. <laughs> he would always get the names mixed up. But we laughed, and he'd make us laugh and laugh. In September, two years ago, I was, in an, I was in a studio in Battersea with my mate. We were making a song for an artist, a young guy, great guy. And um, I'd, I'd literally got to work late. It was about lunchtime. And it was a late start, but we're going to go to late anyway. But it's like an Indian summer, so it was hot. Early September, it was still quite hot. And um, is that what they call it, an Indian summer, or is it for later on in the year? Anyway, it was hot for September. And I'm sat there, we're halfway through this tune. We're making a banger. That's the perks of getting to work and be a creative you just get to make bangers and about three o'clock I got a whatsapp from my mum and it just said he's gone I said you know yeah that pause like what what you're telling me right now what do you mean he's gone as in who's gone I knew I knew I knew exactly who she was talking about. I knew. I knew I, I could see it. I wasn't even there. I could see it. I knew exactly who she was talking about. I knew, I, I knew how she felt. I knew for her to send those two words, I knew what that meant for her. I knew what that meant for the family, for Alex, Daniel, all the other cousins. I knew. But I asked anyway. I said, what are you talking about, Mum? And she said, Granddad went to be with the Lord. She didn't even ask me if I'm okay. The reason being is because she knows how I am. I don't need that kind of question there. Like, would you, are you okay? Would you be okay? My mum knows me. She just gave me the facts. He's gone and he's with the Lord. I read the message after I responded. I went, cool. I got back into the banger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was hype. Just got straight back into the banger. And then as we were progressing, I think I didn't realize it, but the two other guys I was in the room with, they'd noticed the pause. They'd noticed that my mood changed for like three minutes. It was almost like a, a blip. 
And so five minutes later, they said, Jake, were you okay there? And I, I said, yeah, my granddad just died. And for them, they're not saved, but it threw them, like through the whole session. And I said it like that as well. I, I, I didn't know how to articulate such an immediate feeling and such a big feeling of emptiness. So I tried to ignore it. On my way home, I walked home from Battersea to the station, got on the train, Clapham Junction, Clapham Junction out to Crawley in silence. And I hit Gatwick, I probably text my mum saying, are you okay? And she said, I will be. I don't know if any of you guys have lost someone or have been at a place of absolute despair, but hopefully you might identify with this. There was like a silent numbness, like a, you know when you feel an emotion that you didn't even know you had? Like a, a silent numbness. I can't explain, it's like a numbness which is there. You, it's not going, it just grows and it's like you are numb here. Don't try and pass that feeling. Don't try and bring back feeling. There's a void. I felt a sight. That's the only way I can explain it, a silent numbness. And just like that, one of my favorite people in the world was gone. Being on the mountaintop with Jesus is glorious. But getting, to, getting through the valley with him produces intimacy. My, um, the everyday ups and downs we know how to deal with. Moments of worship, where Jesus is so blatantly in the room. It's easy, it's great, isn't it? When you sin, it's like, oh man, I messed up there again. Oh, Jesus, Jesus forgive me, that's cool. But it's not the mountaintop getting to know Jesus that gives us a holistic perspective on life that helps us to stand and to be strong. It's when, when we know him in the valley that we push weights and we have a workout in it. It's the valley experience that actually makes us even stronger. So as I'm walking home now, there's this temptation. Do I question God or do I trust God? Now here's the thing. It's not like he wasn't saved, you know. I, it, it, and it always pains and saddens me when I hear people, my non-Christian friends go, oh yeah, so-and-so died, they're in a better place. I'm like, dude, in my head, I go, dude, if they weren't saved, if they didn't, before they went, I don't know where they are, bro. But you know what? I need to be there for you. So I'm going to stand with you. But in my situation, my granddad loved Jesus with all of his heart. So I knew where he was, but still... There was a temptation to question God. I'm human. I can write songs like, I know this, I, I know this isn't the end. That's great. I'm a human. I'm a human being. So obviously I, I want to go, so what? He couldn't, see my grand, he couldn't see his grandkids. He couldn't wait till I had some children. What, what, my wife's pregnant now. Couldn't he? I don't understand. Couldn't I just get that picture for the gram now? Like a couple of generations together? I didn't even get the recipe for the cornmeal porridge. <laughs> I wanted to ask those kind of questions. What's this about? What's this about? 
Many people interpret the scripture about the, with Jesus at the woman of the well about a time is coming as yet come when worshippers will worship me in spirit and in truth. People have different ways of looking at that scripture, which is all great. One of the ways which I thought was really refreshing to me was worshipping God in spirit from your inner man and in truth, honestly. At that point, a massive part of me wanted to be, I'm being honest, this is rubbish. This is a load of rubbish, God. This is what it is. This is rubbish. I'm human. He knows I'm human. He's given me emotions. But still something in me was wired in a way of, hey, he's God. You're not. And there's still things for you to do whilst you're on this earth. Your dad finished, your granddad finished well. I realized in life, even more so at that moment, where there are mountains, there will always be valleys. When you look at a mountain, mountains go up, and there's always something that comes down. There's always a... God knows that. But our response to him, whether up or down, is what determines whether we survive. Does that make sense? One of my favorite scriptures... Christians and non-Christians alike have quoted this scripture in song, speeches, on the gram, on Twitter, whatever. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love, some versions say your mercy, will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me just do a quick interpretation. Even though I walk through the rubbish times, I won't fear the darkness. For I know you're with me. Your rod and your staff, the way you do things, they will comfort me. The bigger picture, your perspective, how you handle me, that comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When those thoughts that oppose who God is in my life, Thoughts of doubt, worry, lies from the enemy. Stuff that says, you know what? You can't handle this. Break down, stop life, change the course of your life. That is what I see. As in, God prepares a table and says, relax. I got you. Whether we come to the table is another question. But God is inviting us either way saying, hey, if you'll trust me, I got you. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Listen, I don't know about you, but have you ever found that rubbish times in your life, somehow, you might not be talking about the same subject, but you're talking to someone else and they're blessed by who you are and what you say? There have been times, rubbish times, not just this granddad time, but times where I've, I've had rubbish news. And yet, I'm having to do something or I have to stand up and bless them or someone needs encouraging. And still, that sense of anointing, God anointing me. It's like there's a, there's a reservoir that God pulls on in order for me to bless someone else. You see, God, God is still God and he gives gifts and he, he anoints our head and he prepares a space for us to chill out and rest in him no matter how we feel. That's why it starts off even though you walk through the darkest valley. These things are still with you. These are still your portion. God's anointing, God's grace, God's rest. You still have access to this stuff. The, the thing is, are you going to tap into that or are you going to focus on the valley? Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. 
and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy chases you, no matter how you feel. One of the things in my, in my journey of, 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 of in my walk of faith that I found I struggled with is limiting God to my emotions. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like he's with me, so obviously he's not with me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I don't feel, I don't feel like... Sorry, when did your feeling determine who God is? No, but you don't know what they said to me. You don't know, you don't know, no, you don't understand how close my granddad was to me. You don't understand, sorry, does that determine who God is? Does that determine whether he's with you or not? Whether he loves you or not? Whether he's got your back? He is still right there with you. Be still and you will know. You know that scripture, be still and know that I'm God? I realized afterwards, when I proce- as I was processing, my silence on the way home came from a place of, I need to be silent and I need to try and sift through all these other loud voices in my head and be still so that I can know that he's God. Because if I don't stop now and be silent, I'm going to focus on the wrong rubbish. Well, in fact, rubbish is rubbish. I'm going to focus on the wrong thing. At this point, my brothers and my sisters, my family, I want to, I want to just highlight something. I feel actually there are some in this room that over the past academic year, over the past recent season of your life, there are things, there are voices that have been louder than the truth and the voice of God in your head and in your heart. And I, I, I really want to just throw this out there, but God is saying, yo, anything which isn't me and what I have to say about you is rubbish. What God says about you is truth. No matter what you see, what you experience, what you feel. What my God, what your God, the maker, the one who knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. The one who saw this very day, way back before times, before the clock started. I believe by the spirit of God, he wants to throw this at you. He waited for this day and he wants to say to you, listen. There are voices which have been louder than me. There are things that have exalted themselves against me in your life, in your mind. And that's rubbish. I want your attention. Because if you're going to get strong, if you're going to go from strength to strength and glory to glory, and you're not going to be a slave to your rubbish that you've been dealing with in dark places or a heavy blow that you've taken in your journey, you're going to need to listen to what I have to say about you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, P.S. Peer pressure. Man, that can mess you up and all. Sometimes our mates, quote-unquote mates, they can have loud voices too. Sometimes the gram can have loud voices too. But at a moment of tragedy or despair, those voices can speak just as loud. And God still wants our attention through it all. Be still and know. 
I love Isaiah 26, 3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on you. Sorry, you'll keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So basically, trust in God and he gives you perfect peace. Keep your mind and your trust in and on God. And he'll give you the peace you need. These things are, like I look at this scripture and I see that as a fact. I don't see that as maybe. Well, if I... Maybe, I don't know, maybe if there's a, a ministry time at the end of service, that's an opportunity to try and grab a hold of the scripture. No, this is a fact, which is whether you choose to believe it. This is truth. I said it earlier, God saw this day from the beginning of time. God saw exactly how my granddad going would impact me. He saw that day. He saw that WhatsApp message from before time began. Before that moment happened in my life, he still said, Jake, my plans for you are for good and not for evil. I've got purpose for you. I've got people that I need you to bless, to speak into, to strengthen and restore and and bring Jesus to. I've got people for you to bless. I've I've got a journey for you to do. I've called you to be strong and not weak. I've called you to, to stand in places of darkness and to shine a light. Before that WhatsApp message came through, he saw my life. He saw how I would become and where he wants to take me. Surely I should take more comfort in that than a momentary point of despair. You see, he has the bigger picture. And so often there's a temptation to focus in on the small moment when God's going, no, 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 no. Trust me through this little valley because there's even more territory for you to take. Is this making any form of sense? And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And have you heard that scripture before? Yeah. I want to just uh, pause here. I want to just chop in here. I'm gonna, do you guys? Do you guys? You have your Bible. Cool. If she hasn't got her Bible, charge her a fiver. Um, <laughs> has anybody got Bibles here? You got Bibles on your phone? Bring your Bibles out. It's a bit old school, isn't it? Do we do we still do that in, in, in my church? It's, it's all on the screen, isn't it? Oh, no Bibles, yeah. Safe. <laughs> We're gonna read from Job real quick. Some of you, probably many of you would have heard and know the story of Job, a man who just went through a lot. <laughs> he went through a lot. And still he stayed faithful, still he feared God, still he loved God. But he went through a lot. I lost my granddad. This guy pretty much lost it all. Let's read. It's, it's a bit of a long one, but I'll read it through. You can follow me as you like. Feel free to go over it when you get back. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the eldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. 
they put the servants to the sword and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. Whilst he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up a sheep, burned up the sheep and the servants and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. Notice he says the fire of God fell. So he's kind of saying, well, this is on God. Wow. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. Whilst he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and your daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the eldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they were dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I have come from my mother's womb, and naked I shall depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised in all this. Did not, Job did not sin by, cha- by charging God with wrongdoing. There are things I might never know until the day that I meet God. But until that day, I'll keep singing. When I read that scripture, that, I don't know whether I wrote that as, as a song, a starting of a song or something, but I, I felt actually it's, it's my truth. Hence, I'm sharing it. There are things that I might never know until that day. But until that day, I'll keep singing. I... So that whole train ride home, I came to the point of deciding, you know what, I'm not going to question. There's a bigger picture here. So let me just hold my corner, deal with my emotions, mourn, because it's okay to mourn, but don't allow my mind to wander. If a man can lose everything he has, anything that brings him wealth, earthly wealth, as well as his own children, that which is closest to his heart, if he can lose everything, and his first response is, listen, I'm not even going to blame God. He brought me into this world and he will take me out. He is God. Beginning and the end is what he's saying. I'm still going to worship him. This is going to hurt a little bit, but I'll say it anyway. You might feel that you're justified in feeling the way you do about a certain situation that is rubbish. And you might be holding on to your angst and your bitterness concerning that situation. Your perspective and your sense of justice is not healthy. There comes the rain. It's not healthy. It's not right. God is God. He's got you. He knows the end from the beginning. Let that go and grab a hold of what God sees as important, which is moving forward and getting stronger. How dare you hold on to what you think is right because of the way you were treated or what you experienced? I 
I love that there's a quote that says, it's like setting yourself on fire and hoping that your enemy dies from the smoke. That doesn't make sense. I believe today God is saying to someone here, listen, I know that happened to you. And I know you feel that way. And you're walking jaded and, and that's how you feel about that situation. But actually you need to let it go. A great scripture, again, which emphasizes what Job said is, I'll praise the Lord no matter what happens. I'll constantly speak of his glories and grace. I will boast of all his kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt his name. Another great one. When you go through deep water, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Just so you can make a note, I think it might be worth making a note. Psalms 34, 1 to 3 is that I will praise one. And Isaiah 43, verse 2. I'm, um, I'm just going to ask, we ain't finished this yet, we'll pray at the end, but is that, with what I'm sharing, I know I talked about my granddad, and then I've touched upon moments in our journeys which have really impacted our lives and brought us to a point of despair or just feeling like life, life is rubbish. And there, can you just raise your hands if any of you've had a type of moment like that? Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. So to those who didn't raise your hand, hear me when I say this. Grab a hold of this. Because at some point in life, someone's going to go to be with Jesus. Or not. It's called a spade a spade. Or something's going to happen in your journey. Or a relationship might go south. I'm begging you as a brother. Grab a hold of this. Because at some point, life happens. And to those who have been through, if you're not free, God wants you free. God wants you strong. I often tell a lot of people that. You know, God actually wants you strong and he wants you free. And it's, it's, a simple, it's a really simple thing to say, but the reality of it is, is it's sometimes challenging for some. It's like ooh, people don't know what it means to be strong or to be completely free. They don't really, the idea of it is foreign to them because they've never really felt that or they've never really thought they could even get there. But that's what God wants for us. I am... Um, I love talking about my children. I've never been a dad before, innit? I love talking about my children. And it's funny because every time I talk about my children, I hear God. So when I've just said I love talking about my children, I automatically, something deep in me goes, and I love talking about you. Come on. What? Don't don't make it like I'm gassed. Like, come on, you know what I'm talking about, innit? I love, I love talking about you. What's your, sorry, what's your name? Jade. Mad. Hang about, hang about. Hey, listen, Michael, Michael, Gabriel, listen. Hey, you know Jade, yeah? Oh, fam. She's a new day this week, you know. She's just, she's just soaking it up. It's brilliant. 
What's your name? Yeah. Bemna. You know that Bemna girl? Oh, my girl. My girl. What, Bemna? What? This is just the angels now, yeah? You know that Bemna? Yeah, you know. Did you hear what God was talking about the other day? Mad. Did you see the gifting on her? Fam, what, five years' time, watch what happens. I love talking about my children. My dad loves talking about me. That's why I try and make him proud in the way I live. When my son, when my son in the mornings, I told you about the story when my son goes, Dad, raisins. The guy loves, listen, raisins, yeah? I don't know what it is about raisins. The guy loves raisins. Raisins and grapes. Isn't it the same fruit? Like, bruv, I don't know. Anyway, pray for for him. Um, He loves raisins. So what I do is in the morning, because I do the morning routine. So I get up, I get him ready. Like when he gets up, the guy wakes up on the hype. We've got the monitor in my room. So me and my wife, we're in bed. We know 6 o'clock, 6.30 is coming. This is how he wakes up. Ah! <laughs> Legit. Like, <laughs> and like, I kind of, now, when he first did it, I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> when he, like, but now I roll over and go, oh. and she goes, yep, it's your turn. Oh. And he just keeps doing it until you come to the room. Ah! 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 And then you walk in the room, and like, the duvet, the duvet is there. And as soon as you walk in the room, he goes, ah! And he puts the duvet over him. And you have to, and you literally, if you can't come in on level one, he just hypes until you're at level ten. So now I'm like, no, son, please, not this morning. He's like, ah, ah. And I go up to him and I go, ah, ah. And he goes, ah, ah. Like it's, it's literally, it's almost like a dialogue. Like he loves it. But one of the things he does, he literally, after that dialogue, he, he knows he's got my attention. He knows we're all good. We're nice. He's like, yep, we're hyped. We're on 10. It's how we start in the morning. No coffee, you know. This is just how we're doing life. He goes, raisins, raisins. And then what I do is I go, all right, champ, let's get out. Let's put your nappy on. Get your clothes on. Wash your face. Sort your life out. And then in the car, or when we're walking, to, his child one is called Emma. When we're going to Emma's, I'll hook you up. You get a treat. And he goes, tweet, tweet. And he does it. Tweet, tweet. Now listen. When it comes to about half eight, because we have to get there for nine, it's like a 20 minute walk. We could have had a conversation about Peppa Pig. We could have, we could have, we could have watched a bit of, um, what's this other one? I'm going to like, I don't watch it. <clears throat> What's the other one? Pepper Pig. What's the other one he watches? Not. There's one called Blaze, and there's another one. Paw Patrol. Uh-uh. You were ready, babe. Yeah. All right. Safe. Um, you know the people that get Netflix for certain things. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, like we've done that. And here's me thinking, yeah, he's forgotten about it. We're nice, we're nice, we're nice. That way, if he's forgotten about it, and we've talked about life, and we've had fun, and we've rum- you know, rumbled around in the front room, and we've watched Paw Patrol, etc. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to forget about it, and he won't bring it up when mum comes down, because if mum finds out that I'm about to give him raisins at that time in the morning, it's a wrap. <laughs> so I'm thinking, let me just distract him. Literally like clockwork, 8.30, tweet, tweet. <laughs> Uh, I said, okay, son, shh, let's wait till we get outside. Let's wait till we get outside. And I get a little box of raisins, I put them in my back pocket. And he sometimes kicks off when we get in the pram, because he doesn't like being in the pram. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. So when we get close to the pram, I go, son, do you want the treat? Do you want raisins? He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And he sits in quietly, he goes, open. 
and you know what time it is. But it's cool because we're out of the house. What's just happened there is I've made a promise and there's an expectation. As soon as that expectation is not fulfilled, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. It is like he's a teenager. That's what we call him. He becomes a teenager. Did you get that? Oh, okay. Don't be offended, isn't it? It's just, just banner, isn't it? Like he properly kicks off. And then here's me trying to keep it quiet so mum doesn't clock. It just, it just kicks off. If I don't deliver on that, that whole thing there is how I see this scripture. You will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That is a promise. Have expectation. When he says, I'll be with you in the valley, that is the promise. These scriptures are the raisins. <laughs> I tried to say that with a straight face. I couldn't. <laughs> that is the promise. I'm trying to simplify this and let you know how I am with my little boy so you understand how simple it is with God. We're the ones that complicate it, you know. We're the ones that make it about how we feel. Well, I don't really feel like that. I don't really have a sense of God right now. This doesn't feel like a deep moment. So I don't... This is the promise. And you know, even if my boy doesn't remind me that I'm supposed to give him raises at 8.30, you know, I still got them in my back pocket. And when he's well behaved and we're just chilling anywhere, we get out of the house, I go, son. Son, he goes, yeah? I go, raisins. Oh, Raisins. So even though he didn't remind me, I still give him the raisins anyway. Is this been recorded? This has been recorded, isn't it? Just make sure my wife don't hear it. Um, <laughs> the promise stands whether you ask for it or not. Expect it. Do you see how we've gone from focusing on despair and rubbish and hard times to holding on to promise and having expectation? You see, our God doesn't change whether life does. God is still God. He saw that, that trying time from before time began. And he still writes about you. He still talks about you. He still makes promises for you to hold on. He still says, yo, I've got this for you. I know you feel rubbish right now, but this is who I am and I've got your back. I've had friends who have, who have, have dealt with, with health situations, like terminal health situations, and, and even them, the thing that pulled them through. In fact, I had a friend of mine, she, she passed. She had cancer, she went. But she went smiling. L- literally, when she went in the hospice, she was smiling as she went. Because she held on to certain promises. She had the peace because her mind was stayed on God and her heart trusted in God. So she knew she was going. She'd been given the verdict. Church had rallied around, prayed with her. But she went with I can't. That doesn't make sense to people who are not believers. That doesn't. I don't know about you, but have you ever heard of stories of people who have seen people pass? And before they go, like five minutes before, they're seeing and they're smiling. They're talking. They're seeing angels. That's happened. This is the promise. Have expectation. When rubbish comes, that's the promise. Have expectation. God knows how you feel. And trust me, whatever you've been through, Job went through worse probably. (laughs) 
You still with me? Yeah. Oh. 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 I don't believe this is the end. This is the end. Can we pray? You don't have to stand. You can just bow your heads. So here's, here's what we're going to do as your head, with your heads bowed. We're, gonna, we're just going to tick some boxes here. So for those who, who have experienced something which is hard and you haven't let go of or dealt with that thing or you're slightly jaded by it and it's, it's, still, it's, a, it's still a part of your life, that's the reality. In this moment, I want you to try and choose to see that thing how God sees it. And when you're tempted for that thought to come in, but Lord, you know what that did to me? Choose in this moment to see how God sees you and that situation. With all these things that you hear about God at places like New Day and back at your home church and just try and use your imagination and just try and God, what would God say about me and who I am and even that situation? What was God saying in that? It might be hard, as in hard to deal with. But I guarantee you, he's probably saying that he was with you the whole time. For those who have been through stuff and you're free... For you, I want you to now grab a hold of the responsibility to help others be free. You've been in hospital. You've come out now. Now minister to others. God, how can I bless those when I see them in despair? Holy Spirit, ignite a fire and a passion. Give me fresh anointing to minister to those who are having rubbish times. And for the final category, those who haven't experienced that rubbish moment in your life, I simply want to encourage you to be praying, hey, Lord, establish me, build me up on the promises that you give. Mold my faith so that you're the loudest voice in my heart and in my head. And when and if that moment comes... May I be so used to listening to your voice that it doesn't sway me. I love that song, for we trust in our God. It finishes on, we will not be shaken. Now let's stand. We're going to sing. Those three categories I want you to be if you want if you don't want to sing and you want to pray, pray it through. But the reason we're gonna sing is we're gonna bring God right into all three of those areas. We're gonna bring God right into all those areas. You see, when we lift up Jesus, we bring him to the focus of our attention. So it makes sense 
in all three of those categories to lift up Jesus. What Job did when, when, when the stuff hit the fan, he lifted up Jesus because he knew that he needs to focus on him. The last thing I'll say is this. Whatever you focus on, you become. If you focus on rubbish, your emotions, everything about your thinking process becomes that. When you focus on who God is, everything about your inner man, your thoughts become in line with what he says about you and who he is. Can we sing out to Jesus together? And exalt Jesus over this stuff. Is that all right? Come on, you lot now to worship God. Let's just posture ourselves to honor God. Lucy, go. Sing out. Cause when I thought I lost me, you knew where 